Hey, and welcome to another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. Now, I've got a nutrition special for you today, which I think you're going to really, really enjoy. So what I'm going to be doing is talking about eight nutrition myths that you will almost definitely have heard before, and I'm going to be busting them. So some of the myths I'm going to be busting is whether, or some of the questions I'm going to be answering, is whether there's a secret diet you don't know about and what is it, whether carbs make you fat or not, whether calories are all made equal, whether alcohol helps you sleep, whether grazing often throughout the day keeps your metabolism stoked and burning so you burn more fat, and some more myths that I'm going to be diving into. So there's eight in total. So I think you're going to really enjoy them. And hopefully in the next half an hour, you'll come out educated on nutrition. You'll learn that bit more to help keep you moving forward, keep you eating better, keep you having more energy on and off the bike. Now, before you do that, I've got two things for you to do. The first one is to go follow the MTB Fitness Instagram page if you're on Instagram. Every day, I put out content on there and I also update my Instagram story every day. So I think it will be highly beneficial for you to follow along on Instagram. So just go on me on Instagram and search MTB Fitness and it'll come right up. It's well worth doing. The second thing to do is to follow or sign up to my free daily emails. So every day, Monday to Friday, I send out a daily email which is essentially just my thoughts for the day. It might be about recovery, it might be about something that I was thinking about on my ride that day, it might be a workout tip, a training tip, a nutrition tip, Um, but every day I send out emails Monday to Friday. I think it'd be highly beneficial for you to sign up. At the minute there's about 11,000 other mountain bikers who get them too, so you're going to be in good company. So to do that, head to the MTB Fitness website which is www.mtb.com mtb.fitness that's www.mtb.fitness or you can just google mtb fitness and then click the menu on the side of the website and then scroll down to where it says daily email sign up if you do that you'll get the emails every day monday to friday and i think you'll really really enjoy them like i say there's 11,000 other mountain bikers that get them so you're going to be in good company now without further ado let's dive into today's episode talking about eight nutrition myths that are often believed All right, let's go for it. So, eight nutrition myths that we are going to bust today. I'm almost certain you'll have heard some of these before, um, and I think it might be interesting for you to learn a little bit more about them and just to, to educate yourself on nutrition, really. Now, as you know, nutrition is hugely important. What you eat has a massive impact on both your physical and mental state. So, knowing the truth about these myths, I think, is going to be really important for you. So... Myth number one, and this is more, I think, a common belief, I would say, than an actual myth. Like, some of them will pop out that you've just seen before, like, carbs make you fat. You've almost certainly heard that. That's a myth, which I'm going to be talking about later. This one's more a common belief that I think people subconsciously look for. They don't even necessarily know that they're doing it, if you like. And that's that there's a secret diet that you don't know about. And if you just learn to do this, then everything's going to be better. Now, you'll scroll through Facebook or you'll read the latest article in the magazine or you'll see something which will have you believe that there's something you don't know about and you need to start learning or you need to start following it right now. Now, the truth is that that's just a load of rubbish. (laughs) The nutrition, you probably know 
80% of what you need to know about good nutrition right now. If I said to you, you need to eat less processed food, eat more veg and fruit, eat a good amount of protein and have a well-balanced diet and drink less alcohol, you're probably going, well, obviously, Matt, that's pretty obvious. That is 80% of it. So there is no secret that you're going to find out that's going to completely transform your life. You're not going to watch the game changers on Netflix and suddenly you feel a million miles better. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in point two. There isn't a secret. Good nutrition is good nutrition and it's been around for hundreds of years. You probably already know what you need to know to have a decent nutritional um standpoint if you like to eat well day to day so the first myth is that there's something out there that's the secret that's going to transform your fitness transform your body transform your energy levels and that that just doesn't exist the, the main thing is just that you need to eat consistently well every day that's the main thing you need to eat well all the time and what you need to be doing is maybe having one, maybe two cheat meals a week where you eat some crappy food just to kind of keep you sane and to still allow yourself that food in there. That's it. That's the secret. There is nothing else major to it. There isn't some secret that you don't know about that you'll find and then suddenly everything will be better. Like it just doesn't exist. You already know what to do, especially if you've been listening to these podcasts for a while. So just don't look the secret don't believe the hype around some all singing all dancing thing that nobody knew about there is no secret diet there's no superfood that's going to transform your life there's no magic supplement that's going to completely change everything nutrition is fairly obvious it's it's boring to, to say but you just need to be eating fairly decent every day throughout the day and having one or two cheat meals a week that's it. That's the main secret that you need to be doing. If you do that, you're going to be 80%, 90% of the way there. Then you can start looking in for all those extra things to make it even better. But just eat well the vast majority of the time and you know how to eat well and you'll do just fine. All right, number two. <laughs> and this is that there's a best diet. Now that can be any kind of diet. It can be a meat-based diet. It can be a plant-based diet. It can be a Mediterranean diet. It can be a keto diet. And it's the belief that one diet is better than all the other diets. And that's the same for everybody. That's a load of BS. Um, nutrition is individual. I would say, first of all, addressing the meat versus plant-based. A lot of people here will have watched Game Changers on Netflix and have gone full plant-based based off the back of it. Now, the important thing to remember is that the people behind the documentary, the vast majority of them own nutrition companies that have vegan sort of backing for them. So there's been so many podcasts and articles written about it. What I would say is that if you've listened to the Game Changers podcast, the Game Changers podcast, if you've watched the Game Changers on Netflix and you've thought, oh my God, I need to go plant-based. This is the way for me to go. What I'd advise is just doing a bit of research on Google and just reading the other side of it because there's some articles that go really, really in-depth talking about why plant-based isn't necessarily better than a meat-based diet if you look at the very top of any sport mountain biking um, road cycling football tennis rugby every single sport across the world you're going to find that the vast majority of those athletes are meat-based and some of them are plant-based in my opinion you can get fantastic results doing either what i would say is that 
if you're deciding that you want to eat plant-based because it's better for the environment, um, you don't like the idea of killing animals and you think it's just sort of a, from a moralistic standpoint, it's a better thing to do, then absolutely go for it. But if you're doing it because you think you're going to perform better or you think you're going to um, be healthier, the the key thing is to have a well-rounded healthy diet so you're eating a good balance of protein carb and fat you're eating loads of vegetables if you are eating meat you're getting a good quality source of um of meat or and that goes for your plant-based as well you basically need to be getting a good quality source of protein whether that comes from meat or it comes from a plant-based diet and you just need to be eating decently and having well-rounded meals now that can be plant-based or that can be meat-based in my opinion, when people start a plant-based diet and say it's absolutely changed their life and they feel massively better um, sort of energy-wise and they're absolutely feeling great, if you look at what those people were doing before, they probably had a less than optimal diet. So they haven't gone from a meat-based diet to a plant-based diet and suddenly they're feeling amazing. They've gone from a pretty crappy diet to a really good diet and now they're feeling miles better. But they could have gone to that really good diet with meat in the diet or with no meat in the diet and still still felt amazing. The key is that you're eating regular, decent meals. You're having loads of veg in there, like five to 15 portions of vegetables a day. You're eating a good amount of protein. You're eating some carbs throughout the day and you're having those good quality fats. And if you're doing that, you've got a good diet. You've got a decent diet. Excuse me. It doesn't matter from a performance point of view, especially whether that's a meat-based diet or a plant-based diet. Me personally, I eat meat, I have eggs for breakfast, I know that's not a meat, I have eggs for breakfast and then two or three times a day later, so for those two or three meals later, the main source of my protein comes from meat. But it's totally fine if you don't want to do that, if you want a plant-based diet, but don't think you have to do one or the other to be the healthiest and the fittest athlete you can be um, or the fittest person you can be because it's just not true. You can have a good diet both ways. And if you just do a little bit of research on the opposite side of the Game Changers um, documentary, you'll see that there's loads of examples of both sides of the camp. There's loads of amazing athletes that are plant-based. There's loads of amazing athletes, probably more uh, amazing athletes that are meat-based. So don't get sucked into the idea that there's one best diet. The best diet is what works for an individual based off their beliefs around nutrition, based off what they enjoy eating. Um, and that's way more important than just thinking that you have to eat a certain way. Um, to elaborate a little bit on, on what that means is that the best diet is the one that you can follow. So if you absolutely hate meat, like Sophie, my girlfriend, but you really enjoy plant-based sources of food, then it would be way better for you to look at plant-based versions of protein you can get because you enjoy eating them. Whereas on the flip side, like that's Sophie for me, my girlfriend, like she, she really doesn't like meat and she very rarely eats it. I'd probably say every maybe once a month she'll have meat, something like that. And that's just because she doesn't really like meat. She doesn't enjoy eating it. So she'll get a protein from 
cheese, from hummus, from fish, from eggs. She'll get her protein from other ways rather than meat because she doesn't like it. Whereas flip that on its head, if I have a meal and it doesn't have meat in it, I feel like there's something missing. I really, really want the meat with it. So for me, my protein comes from meat and I enjoy eating like that. Now, if me and Sophie were to swap diets, we both find it really difficult because she'd sit down with like a a meal that's got a load of meat in it and not want to eat it and I'd sit down and look at her meal and think oh what a boring meal I do not want to be eating this so the main thing is to figure out what works for you and forget the idea that there's one best diet that everybody needs to be sticking to because there just isn't it's just not true all right number three you've got to take a protein shake post-workout or ride that's a myth right so there's a myth that Immediately after a ride or immediately after a workout, you must drink a protein shake immediately or all the gains are going to go away. Now, it's not that extreme. For most people listening to this, I recommend taking a protein shake after a ride or a workout. I do recommend it. And the reason for that is because most people don't eat enough protein to help the muscles recover. You need to be eating anywhere from 1.3 grams of protein right up to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. So what that means, um, and you probably notice I quote different figures in, in sort of different places, but anywhere between that range. So that means if you're 100 kilos, you need to be eating 130 grams right up to 200 grams of protein per day, depending on what your goals are, how much exercise you're doing, etc. Um, so a lot of people listening to this will be struggling to get that much protein in. Now, if you do a workout and have a protein shake after it, which has got 25 to 30 grams of protein in there, that's a really good way of boosting your protein intake in a really simple easy way like you're getting 25 to 30 grams of protein in there without any real effort and it tastes good the other reason that protein shakes can be beneficial let's say you've gone to a trail center and it's an hour drive home for you you get back to the car and normally you would just get in the car and then drive home now whilst you've been riding you've been creating a lot of damage to your muscles and damage to your body in a good way you create micro tears in the muscle and you just break down your body now protein is what helps your body recover and rebuild and start to get all the benefits essentially from that ride now if you've got an hour drive home that's an hour where you're not getting any nutrition in your system to help you recover so if you have gone for a ride at a trail centre, if you get back to the car, having a protein shake there will start to get some protein into your system so that you can start the recovery process and get your body moving forwards and starting to recover and rebuild. And it will also mean that when you do get home in an hour, you're not going to burst through the door absolutely ravenous and eat everything in sight. So they're all reasons that you may want to eat a protein shake and understanding the situation that the vast majority of the, the people listening to this podcast are in, I would say most people listening to this probably want to eat a pro, probably want to drink a protein shake immediately after a workout. The times that you wouldn't want to would be if you already eat loads of protein every day so you feel that you actually don't want more, you don't want to be getting too much of it um, because you're conscious of your calorie intake because you're already eating plenty of protein or if you're going to be eating immediately after a workout or ride. So if you finish a ride and then you've literally got a meal on the table ready for you when you get back, then you may not want to have a protein shake because that's 
two, three, four hundred calories that are unnecessary, really. But again, it all depends on the individual. Depends what your goals are at the moment, and you just need to look at it as a whole. But don't think that you need to take a protein shake immediately after a workout, and don't think that they're for people who want to get massive and build muscle. Neither of those things are true. They're beneficial for everyone if you understand whilst why if you understand why you're taking it. All right, number four, carbs make you fat. They do not make you fat. <laughs> the thing that makes you fat and put on weight is if you overeat on calories. So if you burn less calories than you eat on a daily basis. So let's say you eat 2,500 calories a day and you only burn 2,000 calories. You're in a calorie surplus of 500 calories and therefore you put on weight. That's what causes weight gain in 99.9% .9 of cases. Um every now and again you'll get somebody who has a genuinely really slow metabolism or has a medical problem that causes them to really struggle to lose weight but most people listening to this and in that situation if you struggle to lose weight you're probably eating too much what you might be doing is you'll try and exercise more and you might burn an extra three four hundred calories that day but then you'll end up having 500 calories worth of food extra to compensate because you've earned it and then you don't end up in a calorie surplus uh, calorie deficit you're still in a calorie surplus and therefore you don't lose any weight so carbs don't make you fat it's overeating on food that makes you fat now, the reason that the myth that carbs make you fat sort of came comes about and the reason people believe it and the reason that when people eat more carbs, they do get fatter is because carbs are really easy to overeat on. So if you put a chicken in front of you, like a whole chicken, you're probably going to struggle to make, like, eat the whole thing. And if you do, there's going to be that much... Um, of the hormones that make you feel satiated, that make you feel um, full, that you're not going to want to eat for a long time. So when you eat protein, it makes you feel full and it keeps you full for a long time because it takes a long time to digest. Therefore, it's really difficult to overeat on. You're probably never going to overeat on chicken because you'll get bored of eating it and you'll be absolutely stuffed by the time you've eaten, you know, 700 calories of it, say. Now, on the flip side, carbs taste amazing and you just want to eat more of them. So, I can quite comfortably demolish a pizza with 1,500 calories and then a full tub of Ben & Jerry's with another 1,500 calories and eat 3,000 calories in one sitting, no problem. Yeah, I might be a little bit full at the end of it, but I can genuinely do that and sometimes I do do that. Give me 3,000 calories of chicken, like I've no idea how much that would be, but it would be a hell of a lot of chicken, and there's no way I can make my way through it. So the reason that carbs, people think carbs make you fat is because they're really easy to overeat on. They taste nice, they don't fill you up that much, they're very calorific, and you always want to eat more and more and more and more. So that's why people think carbs make you fat. So what you want to do is base your diet around protein and veg with a small to medium amount of carbs at each meal. So in the nutrition guide, I've got a nutrition guide, Stupidly Simple Nutrition for Mountain Bikers, which is available on the website, mtb.fitness. I chat about eating three to five well-balanced meals a day. And those meals are based around a portion of protein, a big portion of vegetables, and then a small portion of carbohydrate. And that is optimal for most people listening to this who don't want to be counting calories and inputting everything they eat into an app, although that can be beneficial. 
So it can be just really simple. You don't need to think, right, I need to go super low carb. In fact, for most people, that's going to be a bad move. But on the flip side, you don't want to eat all carbs. But carbs don't make you fat. I'll give you an example of how, um, of a real life example of this. So Sophie, my girlfriend, before I met her, she, um, we've been together about seven years. So probably 10 or 11 years ago when she was in uni. Yeah, that'd be about right. Um, she put on weight. She put on about three stone. And you can see in the photos, like, she looks completely different. Now, she lost that weight by doing Slimming World, I think it was. She did it in a really, really unhealthy way. She ate Weetabix for breakfast, pasta for lunch with nothing in it, just tomato sauce, pasta for lunch, and then pasta for her evening meal, again, with nothing in it. And that really negatively affected her. Like, she had really bad... Um, like low energy levels, it affected all the female cycle and all that side of things and she was just really unhealthy in general from eating that because she was eating all carbs, literally her diet was about 90% carbohydrate and barely any uh, fats and barely any protein but she lost a load of weight, she lost like 3 or 4 stone when I first met her, she, she barely had any muscle mass and she definitely didn't have any fat on her, she was you know just skinny if you like um, now she eats a more rounded diet with more protein, some carbs in there, and she's in much better shape, and she's a hell of a lot healthier as well. So if you think that carbs make you fat, Sophie lost three stone, which for those listening is, what is that, 14, 28, uh, see if I can do my maths. Is it about 20 kilos, I think, something like that off the top of my head? Um, so she lost 20 kilos, about three stone, if my maths about right there. Um, just from eating carbs, she barely ate anything else, and that's because she was in a calorie deficit. Now, that's a terrible idea. You don't want to do that, but what it does prove is that it's not carbs that make you fat. Like, that isn't isn't the case. Um, carbs don't make you fat. Overeating on food makes you fat, and it's really important that you understand that. All right, on to the next one, and that is that calories are all made equal. So, this ties on nicely from um, point four. So, calories aren't made equal, first of all, but calories are the most important thing when it comes to losing weight. So, you do need to be in a calorie deficit when it comes to losing weight, if that's what you want to do. Um, or if you want to gain weight, you need to be in a calorie surplus, but calories aren't created equally. So that means if you have a thousand calories from cookie dough ice cream, or if you have a thousand calories from a roast, a big roast beef dinner, that cookie dough ice cream, you're probably going to be full for about an hour, but then your body will work its way through it rapidly and then you'll be hungry again. Whereas if you had a thousand calorie roast dinner, that is a big roast dinner, you're going to be stuffed for hours because there's that much fiber in there, there's that much protein, there's that much goodness and it's a, a sizable amount of food that your body's going to take a long time to digest it. So it's really important to understand that calories aren't made equal and that you want to pay attention to your calories. So they're the most important thing when it comes to losing weight. When it comes to gaining weight, you need to be in a calorie surplus. So you're eating more calories than you're burning off. But you need to pay attention to where those calories are coming from. So if you want to lose weight, make sure that the vast majority of the calories that you eat in are healthy, full of protein, um, sorry, full of nutrients, full of vitamins, really good, healthy food, and really pay attention to the balance of foods that you're eating. Likewise, if you want to gain weight, make sure that you're eating good, healthy food. And what you might want to do is just boost the amount of calories you're eating there with some, 
high calorie foods if you like but calories aren't made equal like they are there are they are different so you can't just eat mcdonald's all day and expect to be healthy and perform to your absolute best just because you're getting the right amount of calories it, it doesn't work like that <laughs> all right three more nutrition myths to go number six is that it's all or nothing and what i mean by that is that it's an all or nothing approach you need to take you either smash it 100% or don't bother. That's all that matters. Now, that's a load of bull. The most important thing when it comes to performing well, when it comes to being the right size that you want to be, is that you want to be consistent and you need to consistently eat well. So the most important thing is what you consistently do, not what you do every now and again. So if you're perfect for a week, like absolutely perfect, nail your nutrition for seven days and then for 14 days you do horrifically and eat crap and then for seven days you eat well and then 14 days you get you, uh, you eat badly, you're not going to get any results, you're literally going to stay where you are, you're going to get fatter likely, you're not going to have any energy, you're just going to do really poorly. However, if you were to eat a diet that was 80% good and 20% not as good, you will get way better results. So the, the, the sort of target that I set most people is to say, right, eat well throughout the whole week, but then once or twice a week, have a cheat meal that's kind of off plan. So you can have whatever you want once or, once or twice a week. But the other side of it is that you can still get results even if you have a biscuit or two a day, even if you have some chocolate each day. As long as you're eating the vast majority of food that you eat is healthy and you're not overeating on calories, you can still get great results. The most important thing isn't being perfect, it's being consistent. You need to consistently eat well for a long period of time. That's what you need to be doing. Don't aim for, aim for, don't aim for perfection, aim for consistency. That's the main thing that you need to be focusing on. Number seven, alcohol helps you sleep. It doesn't. Uh, well, <laughs> so this is a bit of a myth. A lot of people think that alcohol helps them sleep, so they'll have a glass of wine before they go to bed because they say that helps you sleep better. The thing is, it helps you get to sleep, but it massively affects the quality of your sleep by stopping you getting into those deepest sleep levels. So when you sleep, you have four levels of sleep that you go in and out of. Call them stage one, two, three, and four. When you drink alcohol, it stops you getting into that deepest stage, that REM phase of sleep, that stage four. Uh, it blocks you getting into that, so you only stay in a light sleep. You don't get into a really deep sleep. So what you might find is that if you do drink alcohol you, before bed, you get to bed, you get to sleep relatively quickly, but you'll often wake up feeling groggy, headachy, with a dry mouth, and just like you've not had a good night's sleep. That's because alcohol negatively affects the quality of your sleep. So. Don't drink alcohol before bed on the belief that it helps you sleep because you're just kidding yourself. It helps you get to sleep because it relaxes you, but then it negatively affects the quality of your sleep. So if you, if you have trouble sleeping, there are a lot better things you can do than drinking alcohol before bed. Uh, if you do want help with that, just drop me an email. Number eight, and this is the final one of the podcast. And that is that grazing often throughout the day keeps your metabolism stoked and burning. 
So there's a common belief that if you eat small meals and regularly, you're going to keep your metabolism burning, you're going to keep it fired up. So you're picturing it a bit like a campfire. If you keep putting a small amount of wood on that campfire, you're going to keep the campfire burning, it's not going to get overwhelmed and burn out, and it's going to burn all day long. Um, they, they, this isn't true. <laughs> so your metabolism can burn a small amount of food, so your metabolism can digest, should say, a small amount of food, Oh, I've, I've worded that badly. Your body can digest a small amount of food in one go, or it can digest a massive amount of food in one go. The key here is to think about what you personally need. So for me, if I was to eat 3,000 calories for breakfast, by lunchtime, I would still be hungry. <laughs> like, I just find that I, if I eat more, my metabolism gets working, and I digest straight through it, and I need to eat more from lunchtime, by lunchtime. Other people, on the other hand, will eat a big meal in the morning and then be stuffed for the rest of the day and not need to eat again. I know Sophie, my girlfriend's like that. So the key here is to understand what best for you, like what works best for you. Is it eating regular or is it eating one or two meals a day that have got more calories in? Or is it eating seven meals a day because snacking works better for you? But don't think that one is better than the other. You can eat one meal a day. Let's say your calorie goal for the day was two and a half thousand calories. You could have two and a half calorie, thousand calories in one meal, or twelve fifty calories in two meals, or what does it work out at six twenty five calories over four meals. The key there is just that you're doing what works for you. So for me, I have four meals a day, and I spread them out through the day because I find that makes me feel best. It gives me the most energy. It doesn't take that long to sit down and eat a meal. And that's what works best for me. But there is no one or the other that works best for everybody. It's all about figuring out what works best for you as an individual. And to be honest, I think that's a really nice way to end the podcast in that the key with nutrition in general is finding out what works best for you. So listen to this podcast, buy a copy of my nutrition guide and read through that, read articles on the internet and then apply them to yourself to figure out what works best for you. So try it and try not to look at what everybody else is doing and figure out what you need to do to get the best results for you. It's completely personal. So figure out what works for you and learn your body. And when you do that, that's how you're going to have the best energy levels. That's how you're going to recover well. That's how you're going to feel amazing if you learn the best things for you to do. That's the main, main thing. Figure out what works well for you. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I know I really enjoyed chatting about it. There's going to be another podcast next week as well. Um, I would advise, go and grab a copy of my nutrition guide. It's £17.50, which is low-priced in my opinion. Uh, it's backed by a full money-back guarantee. So if you buy it and hate it, which you're not going to, then you can get a full money-back guarantee. And that's 60 days as well. So I back the quality of the product. And in it, it's called Stupidly Simple Nutrition for Mountain Bikers. And I go in detail into exactly what you should be eating day to day, what you should be eating before, during and after a ride. I chat about pretty much everything you need to know about nutrition to absolutely nail your nutrition as a mountain biker so i highly recommend that you go buy it it's available it's a pdf so you download it and it's available in every single country 
in fact if you go to the if you go to the website um it'll automatically give you an option of your currency but it's available in every currency if for some reason your currency doesn't change scroll down to the very bottom of the page and there's a little currency symbol there just click that and then select your currency and it'll work out the conversion for you but i highly recommend you go buy that because if you've listened to this podcast and you're really interested to learn more about nutrition my nutrition guide is written specifically for mountain bikers so go to the website it's mtb.fitness that's mtb.fitness or just google mtb fitness and it'll be the first result there more than likely and then go and grab a copy of the nutrition guide on the website because it will really really help you out and on that note thank you so much for listening i can't wait for another episode next week and i will see you soon thank you for listening to the mtb fitness podcast